Welcome to What Would Amber Do? with your host, Amber Howard. Each week, Amber dances in conversation with inspirational leaders out to make a difference for what matters most to people. She brings you incredible guests who share their real-life experiences of being a leader and what it looks like to live a truly created life of service to others. And now, here is your host. Welcome back, everyone, to What Would Amber Do? It is really such an honor and a blessing this morning to be speaking with Gabby Puma, Gabby is a transformational guide and coach, as well as an international best-selling author. Gabby also created an organization back home in Peru called Ayani. I hope I pronounced that right. You'll correct me if I didn't. Uh, that works with uh, indigenous children, and and I can't wait to hear more about that, Gabby, and and how Gabby and I met is we co-authored the book, Woman Who Lead, that just hit international best-selling author status a few weeks ago. And I just immediately felt kind of a soulful, very soulful connection with you. And so thank you so much for taking your time and gifting it to us and having this conversation with me today. Amber, thank you so much. And everyone, thank you so much. It is a true honor to be here uh, sitting with you. You know, Gabby, one of the things that I, I, you know, you you talk about is your commitment to having female or helping female leaders and and visionary like entrepreneurs realize their own sense of power, peace, and prosperity. And I'm just really curious, like, how did you know you you left Peru when you were 15? You live in California. You've created a life here. What's your journey been like to discovering your purpose and to your leadership and really stepping into that? Mm. Oh, I love that question. Thank you so much. Yes, as uh, you're referencing to, I was born in uh, Peru in an indigenous uh, community uh, high up in the mountains called Chinchero. And as an indigenous girl, as an indigenous woman, uh, the path was quite uh, extra challenging, like stuck up with many struggles and often sensing and feeling that my power was taken or to try to fit in, to try to sense a, a belonging or survival mode, to go after my dreams, to go after my own ways of success or sense of power, peace and prosperity. Until uh, five years ago, uh, having a beautiful self-realization moment when my health and so many other issues were going downhill that I started understanding and having a deeper understanding about what truly is a sense of power, a sense of peace, a sense of prosperity. It's more than the external rather than a state of being fully connected at spirit, mind, and body. Our well-being of spirit, body and mind. Hmm. So beautiful. You know, so many people I talk to who kind of step into, um, you know, creating their life more intentionally uh, versus like what I like to say, you know, kind of define happiness and success based on external measures, right? Yardsticks handed to us from community, society, our, our family and loved ones. Um, there, there's often a moment of catharsis, right? Like, and, and and it just so happens that often that's like involves some kind of breakdown, right? Like it's like life's not going well, our health's not going well. Um, in your experience working with people, like, you know, what is it about 
you know, it's a journey from breakdown to breakthrough, I think, right? You know, but what is it about those moments that provide such a powerful force for, for creating something new? And, I, and I'm curious because I know you come from a very spiritual place in your practice and, you know, your indigenous roots. And, and so perhaps there's somewhere to look there. I don't know. We're just like discovering mm. together in this conversation. Mm, yes, yes, absolutely. It's this sense of um, I grew up with all our ancient spiritual practices, ancient spiritual rituals that I even myself wasn't aware of. Right. Yet it's the way of being that I was so part with my family and, and nature. And then in my own ambitious uh, way of uh, gaining external success and going to conquer the world and going to conquer my dreams and, and obtain those dreams, I felt disconnected from my own roots. I felt disconnected from my spirit or my heart, just having the high life in my own manner, in my own terms. And eventually, and of course, throughout that path, I've been uh, serving through spiritual tourism and travel to leaders, to visionaries, to entrepreneurs uh, around Peru, around South America. So it was quite, I was still being and practicing the spirituality, but not so fully embodied to me. Somewhat mm -hmm. the disconnection happened along that process until that five years ago, all the way uh, in uh, Sydney, Australia, the big wake-up moment happened when autoimmune condition and just life was not looking good at all. So that has woken me up to reconnect to my roots, to reconnect to my sense of this, the spiritual being, the, to reconnect and what is it that I'm trying to birth here? What is coming up for you, Amber, as I speak that? <laughs> well, it's, it, what's coming up is it's interesting because like one of my, my kind of foundational commitment for human beings, and there's other ways it gets expressed, but is that everyone gets to know profound love, connection, and belonging, and that we really get that this is like, you know, I'm not the first person to say this, but like really like our ultimate success and well, wellness in life is really based on having a profound sense of love, connection, belonging, acceptance. And what I was hearing and what you were saying, and, and this is actually, it's a kind of a mirror for my journey as well, is it's not, it's not just connection outward, right? Or even connection spiritually, but connection with self, right? Like that, because before, before, you know, my development over the last year, year and a half, where it started to get really grounded in what does Amber want? You know, I, I was serving. I was serving others. My whole life has been of contribution and servant leadership. Like that's kind of like, that's the the environment that I was raised in. That's what I knew. Uh, but it was very much from a place of kind of like that, that shadow feminine or the martyr, right? And like people pleasing, taking care of other people and like not taking care of my own self and my well-being. And really like there was a sense of disconnection with self, right? It's like, I'm, I'm doing all of these things to prove and validate myself. And yet I'm not like, I don't feel satisfied. I don't wake out of bed. I don't wake up in the morning leaping out of bed to get into this life that I've created. And the more I align with my own heart, the more I align with, um, you know, and, and connect with self and honor myself in my journey, 
and don't look for a, you know, external validation and honoring. I mean, yeah, it's nice to have gold stars. It's nice to be acknowledged, all of that stuff, but it really has become about like grounding, grounding in, in who I am and why I'm here and what I want and then serving from that place. And, and like the, the, the transformation in, in like satisfaction, fulfillment, abundance, um, gratitude is just amazing. So that was really like what was coming up for me when you were sharing is I, I heard that it's like up until five years ago. Yeah. You were serving, you were contributing to other people. You were, you were, con- you know, in some ways connected to your spiritual pra- practices and your, your lineage and your roots, but it was, it was from the out, like from the outside in, not from, from Gabby out. Oh, I love that. I love that. Thank you for clarifying and reflecting that I feel that's exactly the journey that has been uh, for the over uh, five years, self-healing, self-transformation, self-advancement, spiritual growth in a very grounded manner, now from the heart-centric base, Mm. and serving from that to me, through to others and from a more aligned way, which comes even more powerful that is serving me and others or how in our lineage, we say I only exist because of you and really coming up of that ultimately that unified feel of self. We are in that journey and that it's evolving and unfolding so beautifully, organically, the more I show up and continue to do the work. Mm. <laughs> <Maybe> work. <laughs> I love it. And it, it is ongoing, right? It's not, I can say this, it's not linear. It, it's, not linear it's not linear at all, right? It's like, we'll, we'll, we'll take some, we'll, we'll work on some things or, you know, some things will develop and evolve and awarenesses will come. And then, you know, I mean, I like to think I got stuff handled, right? The control freak in me likes to want to have things handled. And then I've been like, oh, that again? Really? We're, we're going to deal with that again? And it's like, yeah, I guess we are. That's just what there is to deal with right now is like, whatever, you know, because there's a new layer to it or um, you get clarity about things. And I think this this is why to me, like personal growth, development, transformation, these, I mean, uh, it's it's a lifestyle. It's not... It's not about fixing me. And that that is a huge part of the shift as well, because it, it really did start out. There was something wrong about me that I had to fix. And now it's like, no, like there's just endless opportunities to keep elevating self, not because there's anything wrong, but because like the more I the, the more able I am to, to bring conscious awareness and and notice my patterns of behavior, the the more able I am to serve and make a difference for other people. And the more I like for selfishly, the more I enjoy my life. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> the more we are in our sense of power from inside out and the sense of peace and the sense of prosperity, regardless of the chaos that is happening outside here in our beautiful world. Thank you for saying that because it's, it's that elevated, uh, more aligned and more uh, integrated sense of self, right? I'm not here to fix me or fix anybody, but become even more aware and showing up and, and being able to respond rather than react. 
and and what is the state of being and I am responsible for my state of being to respond and loving myself enough at, throughout the thick and thin and through all the things all the control freak in me or the you know or some old wounds being triggered up and and especially our visionaries who are shifting cultures out there the visionaries I serve it's a lot that they are holding and carrying on them and it can be so easy to 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 self-blame or carry and uh, personalize that or in, in them then clearing out that now we are all in this journey in our own sense discovering learning mm. evolving <laughs> it's beautiful one of the things that I wanted to talk with you about, because, you know, I've worked in corporations for for most of my career, you know, in, in various dif- different capacities. And you talk about, you know, like your work is is bringing spirituality to different, you know, again, I think I, I'm just really getting from being with you. It's you don't bring anything. It's just kind of a natural self-expression of who you are. Right. It's just like always there. It's kind of part of part of the essence of who you are, Gabby, which I think is beautiful. And I know from from corporate corporations and that corporate environment, conversations about spirituality, there's like certain things that are deemed to be appropriate and inappropriate, right? We don't, I call them dirty words, like shame, love, fear, spirituality, religion. Like there's just some things that we're not supposed to talk about in that space because it's deemed to be inappropriate or not respectful or whatever. And I, I'm curious to know what your... Um, experience has been working with leaders, working with entrepreneurs, using, you know, or having spirituality kind of be the foundation for the practice. Um, how does, I don't want to say impact the results, but what's that like? And how is that, how, do you meet resistance? Like, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm, I'm just curious to know more about, about that. Because I think sometimes those of us who are spiritual feel like we have to like, put a mask on around that when going into that environment? Oh, I love this question. It's something that I often come across and my beautiful visionaries that I serve, they go like, Gabby, I'm not a spiritual whatsoever. Yet there are practices of who they are. It's just that sense of spirituality. And in my own manner, it took me quite a while as I reconnect deeper with my root, as I reconnect what it means to me in the simplified world to cater and simplify it for our corporate executive world, because, you know, it is woo-woo and what is this spirituality <laughs> thing and, you know, like, okay. So woo-woo. <laughs> what we, we even have a term for it, right? Like, <laughs> no, like, and people just know what you mean, right? It's like, oh, you said woo. Oh, that's woo-woo. Like, we all like, you know, there's human beings don't agree much, but we agree that, you know, business should not be woo-woo. Yes. And even in my own man, they're going like, okay, now I'm fully embodying my spirituality and just like, oh, it's just like peace and light. And this is what it is. And this sense of spiritual bypassing, um, uh, perhaps you have heard that, that now everything is just peace, light, and it's so far away from reality. What I come back to simplify this, Amber, for my visionary leaders or how I'm speaking now spirituality is just being in touch with reality turns out reality 
as we know this unseen field that now quantum field and quantum all the the scientific world that is catching up is just what you can see love this sense of higher self this sense of life that we happen to call it a spirit world that's just mm. that connection to that sense to love you know, like love, like you, literally you can touch love, you feel love, you you die and they go into your body and they're not going to find love so anywhere, right? It's just that sense of this unseen and it's who you are and it happens to be called spirit, spirit spirituality. It's That's mm-hmm. what's coming up right now to share. <laughs> And maybe in that woo woo. <laughs> no, I, I look. <laughs> You're sharing, and I was just like looking uh, for a quote. Like, I there's the, this TV show, Numbers, and um, one of the characters is like marrying two people, and he said that you know we've we've been talking here about the forces that bind the universe, but what binds humans? Love, powerful in small spaces yet with a profound effect on distance, love defies time, outliving both its source and its object. Love is faster than light, for light requires time in order to travel through space. But love reaches its object instantaneously. Love journeys forever into an infinity. And I, when you were sharing, like, that's what came to me. I was like, and I'm getting tingles right now, because I just think, like, you're right. You're not going to cut open a, a... a human being and find love anywhere. And yet it is the most powerful force on the earth, on the world. And, and when love is present, it displaces, you know, anger, hurt, suffering, pain, you know, uh, resentment, hostility. Like it just can't hold like other things can't be in the space when real love is present. And, and, and I think like when we're love's present with like self, like, you know, my journey, when I share about it with people, it's, it's been a journey of falling in love with myself and then watching as my, the deeper I fall in love with Amber, the more capacity I have to love other people. And just seeing that it's like, whoa, my heart just gets to keep expanding, expanding, expanding. The more I take on practices of honoring myself, taking care of myself, like loving me. And, and, and then also like, really like for me, love is acceptance, right? It's like granting being to someone just as they are and just as they're not. And it's real easy to say that. And then there's like the as lived experience when you're with other human beings and they're doing what other human beings do. And you've got to be like, Oh, okay. I got to accept this. And I don't like it. Or I don't want it. And how do I like grant you being just as you are and love you wherever you're at and accept you. And, and the same with ourselves, right? Um, it's, I think the more I've been able to really get that there are commitments that I hold in life and there are commitments that I may fail up against every single day, but it's still going to hold on, you know, it reminds me of this amazing leader. She's teaching a course that I'm in right now. Her name is Joyce Pike. And, and she, I I shared with her, I was in an upset about the way some people have been treated. And I said, you know, I have a real strong opinion about people being treated with dignity. And she said, that's great, Amber, you know, and you should be prepared to spend the rest of your life being upset. (laughs) 
because we live in a world where human beings don't treat each other with dignity. They don't treat themselves with dignity. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't have that commitment. I have the same commitment. You should just be prepared (laughs) that inside of that commitment, you're going to spend your life upset. And there was like, oh, freedom. Like I could hold that commitment and then just be with life is unfolding as it's unfolding. And I have this commitment, right? I, um, and I don't have to make people wrong. Like, even if I'm right, even if I choose to be right in my belief that that would be the, you know, like I want to live in a world where everyone's treated with inherent dignity and, and, and that like the, the tangibles of that, they have a safe and affordable home. They have food, they have, they have love. They, you know, I don't have to make it wrong that we're not there yet. Mm. And which that lands into the piece, what you were speaking into acceptance, right? Accepting that it's a process of accepting myself. Like, oh, that's a bitter one to swallow. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, time to love a little bit more myself and others. <laughs> and coming into that sense of acceptance and up-leveling the commitment. I love what you said. That is being right now my process to up leveling my commitment commitment to show from that space of love there is already enough out there challenging us every moment in our world what's happening right now and up leveling commitment accepting and it's a process to go through all this range of emotions of us that that's a daily thing process and work (laughs) and staying in curiosity and uh, having and building creating hope and possibilities and at every moment like with love not closing off our heart that it took us so damn hard to open up again. Mm. <laughs> um, oh. <it> <laughs> I had this like, you know, like, so I, I, you, we didn't get to see each other in California, but you know, being in California, I, you know, I've been single for 13 years and then I got on a plane on September 20th and flew to another country to practically live with a human being. I'd never met for two and a half months because like in the world of like crazy things to do, it was pretty crazy. But like, you know, and, and we created certain commitments, like, you know, and I created commitments to like, you know, like but that overarching commitment to love is acceptance and, 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 but then realizing like, there's so many defense mechanisms that have built up over time to, you know, in this space of romantic relationships to protect my heart from getting hurt. And, and like, how do you keep your heart wide open when you're hurt or when your when your expectations are not being met, and even when you have the awareness to know that they're just your expectations, <laughs> like you know you got that awareness, it doesn't really matter in the moment, right? Because you're like, ah, my heart hurts, and and I want to I want to protect, I want to close it off, I want to I don't want to feel this way anymore, and yet I've got this commitment to keep my heart wide open for people, all people, really, and you know, um, I think it's a practice. Right. I think it's a, a practice of just um, allowing ourselves to be that vulnerable, that like that, you know, and um, but then also like getting that there are practices for self-care. And, you know, one of the things that happened down there is I wasn't tending to my emotional energy and it got to the point of so much change, really intense. And it was incredible 
but the, the triggers and the activations got to the point where I couldn't regulate my own emotions. And so that was a huge awareness coming out of it too. And it's not no one else's job but mine to tend to my spiritual, emotional, physical, and mental energy, right? Like I, I've got to protect that and, and put practices in place to make sure I maintain those things. Mm, that's so powerful and so amazing how you uh, put it all that, which goes back to that sense of what is it to you, to each one of us, the reality is that spirituality doesn't look the same for all of us, that higher power, that sense of love of be it romantic relationship or be it the, the relationship with your business that you're birthing and you're committing, you're be it in your leadership, be it a visionary, be it anywhere, that sense of love and connection that you're coming from, that inspiration from that mission and purpose to, to, to shift the awareness and, and the impact in our world. Mm. What is that? You know, you don't have to be sitting like an hour meditating or any of that. It's just like even like two minutes of contemplation or what is it? Like, what is it? So many of us don't have it very clear. What is it that sense of your sense of spirituality, your sense of connectedness, your mm. sense of this unpalpable, <laughs> this unseen, you know, and that is going to allow you to refuel that sense when the heart is feeling because of memory, because mm. not only Amber or Gabi, but all the ancestral intergenerational stuff in our DNA that we are conditioned to feel. And now we are breaking all of that with our senses, you beautifully put it, our capacity and ability to feel. Yeah, I feel this, this heartache and this, I feel yet now I love myself so powerfully, love self on ourself, that I'm willing to grow and evolve past that mm. sense of connection. Right? Yeah, this is beautiful, right? What can become available, right? Well, inside of like just a willingness to, to be open, you know, and I wasn't for a long time. Like I was raised in a Christian home. I, I, I left the church when I was a teenager because I had a lot of judgments about hypocrisy I saw in in the community and, and you know, adults would say one thing and then I would watch their behavior and how they treated people and I couldn't get good answers to questions I had around the role of the Bible and, and the Christian faith and, and the relationship between men and women and, and the impacts that the, the book had and 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 there was always a longing. Even when I left the church, there was like a you know, I always loved the worship music that I listened to growing up and wanted to, but I felt like a real hypocrite for a long time because I felt like, oh, you just want God on your terms. Because I had been taught, and, and I don't hold anything against my mom for this now or either of my parents, because they just believe their faith is, I mean, my mom, both of my parents have been through really traumatic experiences in their life. And, and for them, one of the things that really sustained them was their faith in God. And their access to that is through the Christian Christian religion. And so for them, that was the truth. That was the reality. It wasn't their view of things. That's what was, right? That that's the path to God. And so, and I didn't know better until I stepped out. I started studying philosophy, discovered natural religion, like this idea that we don't need 
you know, and if you choose to have structures to, you know, and, and participate in organized religion as your expression of your spirituality, then like all the, like, great, amazing. And that it's possible to access God outside of those formal structures, right? That there, you can have an experience of God elsewhere. And, and the more I got opened up to that, the more I was able to say, you know, okay, well, what do, what do I want my relationship to God to be? Right. And and now, you know, I use the word God, source, universal, universe, life, like whatever, whatever you want to call it, whatever sourceful for you. I don't, I don't think it really, to me anyway, it doesn't really matter because I, I, for me, I'm not attached to one view of what it could look like, but really it is love for me. When I look at the one thing that unites and, you know, that, that we all have in, in human beings is like, and I think love gets expressed culturally differently in different practices, you know, throughout the world. Um, but I think that something, the more we keep our, keep ourselves, our minds open and willing to explore um, something else is becoming very, um, <laughs> no, it's hard. It's, it's hard to say sometimes, right? You, but I watch it. It's like a force moving the certain movies that are getting made today that never like soul, like the children's movie soul by Pixar, um, you know, books like the Celestine prophecy and, you know, like hearing them, like there, are, there's a, there's a growing, I think, level of, of awareness and, and, and people are starting to, to be willing and open to, discover spirituality for themselves, which I think is a beautiful thing. Yes, discovering spirituality or your relationship with the sense of God for yourself, mm. for yourself, away from the conditioning, programming, and religious illusory ways. Well, same with you. There are so many millions of people who look up to and that's their way of being absolutely honoring that yet in my own opinion and as I am receiving you it's that sense and we have all had our own experiences about it right and now realizing as all religions at the same time they do agree in that moment when they say God is love so love ultimately the sense of love and only through loving self, the absolute best way you could be willing to, you discover more of this infinite power or infinite sense of power mm. from inside to be and do and create the life, the business, the leadership, all in this beautiful world of ours, in this reality for us that it's and also I, I say to all of us we are each of us in our own process right to the point that eventually is inevitable that be it through a crisis be it through something a challenge you are going to wake up to that sense of love and belonging first and foremost to self to yourself mm. I, I strongly start believing that now because it's the very process I myself am, am walking to, right? Honoring more self. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's what we are speaking into, that openness of heart and mind. Mm. Do what 
whatever is that it's for you <laughs> keep hopping in the heart <laughs> i love it in the heart <laughs> uh, so before we got on the you know when i was going through as preparing for this conversation you know one of your posts you speak about and it's the name of your foundation down or, or, you know, not for profit down in, in Peru, which I may not have said properly. So you'll correct me now if I didn't, but I asked you, like, I'm like, I had a question mark in my notes. I'm like, what is, you know, is this something we could talk about? And then you shared with me what it was and it's, is it Aini? Yes. Aini. There you go. Ha <laughs> Aini. I got it. Usually do get there eventually. Um, and and I want you to I want you to create it in a moment, like what it is. But what what I got like the, my immediate response to you sharing what this with this idea or principle is, um, Gabby was like, "Wow, we have lots of different ways of talking about it. You know, so much of our, our external world wants to disconnect us, wants to to have us look at the things that are not." where we're different or, and, and, and somehow being different, that's not good. Right. Versus like, wow, why, why could we not just like really celebrate, allow other people's difference to have us expand and grow? Like, okay. But like, you know, so much of our external world wants to, to separate and disconnect us. And um, the more I, I step out and I start talking with people, you know, in the same kind of space or doing the similar kinds of work, leaders like yourself out there in the world with a commitment for humanity, I, I discover at the core how, you know, we have different ways of talking about it, different language for it, but there are some real, you know, I mean, of course there are real uh, um, experiences of humanity that we all share, regardless of where we live, like there, you know, and, and some of the not so great, but there, I think there are also really beautiful um, similarities in, in the kind of foundational principles through which we, 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 look to the ideal, like what we could create. And so I would love, like, it would be such a, an honor for you to share, you know, what this concept of Aini is from your culture and, and from your spiritual belief system. And, and we could have a conversation about that. Oh, my heart is <laughs> so beautifully receiving and, and allowing this space. Thank you, Amber, for that. And what a beautiful and Aini. Aini, Aini, for our um, Indian indigenous lineage, it's our core foundational principle as all universal laws across the planet, like the parallel of Dharma would be Aini for us. Aini, what is your Aini? I need the most ultimate principle of giving and receiving, sacred reciprocity, sacred collaboration, giving back, giving back to life, to the world, and in my own way, giving back to my community for all that has provided my culture to me, my roots, my origin. And it's something that we are taught since very early to be an Aini, to be love and in service despite all the darkness that we do experience as human, as our human patterns or humanity's patterns, always, my daughter, keep your heart open. Mm. Bring in that sense of balance, of light and darkness, giving and receiving, inhaling, exhaling, 
sometimes how much in of this process we have been <laughs> holding so tight, like mm. oh, like all like for my survival, for me, for me, for me, accumulation and, and energy, any other manners. And now, now globally, we are learning to <sighs> let it go and bring it back for our corner of our world and my lineage, Aini. And it has been prophesized uh, or the prophecy in for my for our ancestors. They have spoke about these times that right now is happening, that there is a time by natural cycle that our world naturally comes back to balance through each one of us, to the seeds that each soul we are, yeah. to bring back the balance, to bring back the inner balance that is reflected in our world because you me each one of us is the planet earth is this beautiful world hmm. so beautiful <laughs> you know when you were sharing i just got for myself like Again, inside of that, like we look so much outwards often and, and, you know, we, I, I like mentors, other people in my community talk about the oppression of the world. Um, and, and yeah, there, there are lots of things about the world that really don't work. And, um, if I could, if I could do away with all of it, I would. And, but what I just got present to in your sharing, Gabby, is like, what if all of this external oppression that we see and experience in the world, in humanity, is just the outward manifestation of the ways in which we oppress ourselves internally. Like, because when I look back at my journey over the last, you know, especially since 2016, but just my journey over life, like, you know, I, I, I didn't need a physical hell someone put me in. Like, I was in hell in my own mind. I didn't need, you know, like the the shame that I lived inside of the self-loathing um, that I kept hidden and couldn't share with anyone because that would have been weakness. Like, and then like, you know, if we, we, if we believe, and I do that our thoughts create the world that we live in, you know, thoughts become things, then, you know, a world where people are living inside of shame, not loving themselves, not, you know, martyring themselves for other people, like all of this and so much more like, it's not hard for me to look and see like the kind of world that that kind of internal turmoil and oppression would create externally. And so I, I, I'm like, I'm listening to you and I'm like, wow, you know, what if, what if it wasn't about creating more not for profits? What, and I don't like, I love not for profits and, or, you know, like create whatever organizations and structures you want, but really what if the work was to do was like on internal self-awareness and having people just fall in love with themselves? Maybe perhaps that would sort everything else out. Yes. I literally had the, my whole like <laughs> spine so fully activated even more so as you speak that into the room as you speak that and and, and vocalize that into the space with such a reflected back this internal turmoil this internal process that goes on as far as we are this body and eventually finding this 
harmony, this sense of or liberating this oppression and this internal that we were born to as well. When we were born to this world that already existed here, and eventually at one point in our life path, we wake up from that if we're willing to. We uh, and we we happen to do it, Amber and Gabby. We happen to walk up, and we happen to become aware of that, and we happen to choose and commit to to walk in this path and the inner awareness or or elevating that inner awareness and to to now it is our commitment or our choice of hope and possibilities to maintain that balance that sense of balance and harmony peace power and birth from their prosperity and eventually like in our culture your whole body at one point is going to be that offering to Mother Earth. So mm. what type of offering are you going to become to Mother Earth, who you are? When is it going to be you know, this beautiful seed to grow that new tree mm. or Earth? Or is it going to be all bundle and, you know, like... Oh, how do you call when the fruit is going bad? Rusted, not rusted. Um, well, this sense what I am intended to communicate here, you know, what is it that is you are going to be or you're choosing to be the mm. as we become more aware, right? You know, we're always, I believe, and what I was getting present to in your sharing is like, we are always creating our world. Mm-hmm. It's just for, for most of it, like we don't, we don't know, you know, we, we just like, you know, and I love, like you talk about power, peace and prosperity. I think like the, the, one of the first things to do is to really get, we are that powerful. <clears throat> most of us don't walk around in life feeling powerful. We walk around in life feeling at the effect of, even if we can't vocalize it that way. And, you know, and, and I hear people talk about victim mentality and stuff like that. I don't think a lot of people like relate, relate to themselves as victim. I don't know that it's language that really like provides something. And I'm just kind of discovering this in this conversation with you right now. I've never actually said that out loud, but I, I think, um, you know, I think many human beings would, would, would relate to an experience of being disempowered to varying levels in, in relation to what matters to them, right? So like if what matters to you is climate change and in a world where the environment's taken care of, then, you know, like wherever you're at in that journey, you could be really disempowered because it's like a, like that seems like a big challenge, right? Um, or it's like being, if what matters to you is being able to express your, your uniqueness, your individuality, or, you know, yourself into your family or into your community and you don't see like, um, and what's really powerful for, for me is like really getting like, if you say so, like we, we literally, we say so, we speak it. And, and it's to what you said earlier, Gabby, it's spoken before we can even speak. We're like, we are literally, and there's this great quote by Kurt Vonnegut Jr. from a book called Dead Eye Dick. And it was written in 1983. And he said to the yet, to the as yet unborn, to the all to all innocent wisps of undifferentiated nothingness watch out for life i have caught life i have come down with life 
I was a wisp of undifferentiated nothingness, and then a little peephole opened quite suddenly. Light and sound poured in. Voices began to describe me and my surroundings. Nothing they said could be appealed. They said I was a boy named Rudolf Waltz, and that that was that. They said the year was 1932, and that was that. They said I was in Midland City, Ohio, and that was that. They never shut up. Year after year, they piled detail upon detail. They do it still. You know what they say now? They say the year is 1982 and that I am 50 years old. Blah, blah, blah. But it's like, like we're literally spoken into existence by the other human beings around us. And then that just becomes who we are. And then our whole journey in life is literally like unbecoming that which someone else spoke us to be. Right. So it's like, if people really like, like, if you could just like be with that for a moment, that idea, like that, well, hold on a second here. Like, you mean all I have to do to have a completely different life is start saying something new and thinking something new? Like, it's really that simple. And it's not easy at times because like we, we live with our own minds, right? Trust me, you get knife up, knifed up inside of mine. Um, I literally have tattoos to remind myself to like be present and come from nothing, you know, like I give God, like you should see my space. Um, but like, yeah. I, I just like when you were sharing that's that that was what was came to me. Wow. Wow, what a gift. What a blessing. What um oh I so appreciate that. I so appreciate that. It is now that path that I walk and ultimately to my visionaries, to our leaders, to my clients, to my audience, and to <clears throat> what I feel to your audience to whoever's listening us, it's that I'm becoming and realizing who you are. You are love. Mm. You are love. You are eternity creating eternal or eternal creating eternity. Mm. You are that light, that beam of light. And as the beautiful code says, you know, like, yeah, that is happening. This is happening. That is happening. Yeah, bringing back that sense of acceptance, that sense of openness, that sense of commitment to realize and learn your way of being and who you are being. Every moment, you are love. Ultimately, you are love. And how does that look like for you? And Mm -hmm. coming from that space to be creating intentionally in every moment, of course, it's not easy. That's why we are not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Of course, it's not easy. That's why we're not doing it. That is a perfect place. Just uh, I could I could seriously talk to you for a lifetime, Gabby. So, you know, but I think that's a, you know, so like, how about we give up that it's going to be easy, but like, holy, holy, is it worth it? Like, you know, to begin wherever you're at in this inquiry and this journey of falling in love with yourself and then watching the miracles that just get created in your life and how your whole life gets reshaped inside of, 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 of a commitment to love and a commitment to be loved for others. Gabby, uh, I don't know exactly what you and I are going to create in the future. I just know that I don't believe in coincidences and I'm so, I'm so grateful to Istahar 
for having had us, you know, create the book project and for us being able to come into each other's lives. And, and you are just, you know, I, I can, I can tell like for anyone who gets to be in your presence and be around you, you are just such an inspirational, extraordinary uh, leader and woman. And um, just thank you for, for sharing yourself and your heart and what matters with me here today and my audience and then with the world. Just really thank you. Oh, what a blessing and gift and, and miracle this has been and it has been, Amber. Thank you so much for providing this space and receiving me so fully and seeing me, your magnificence, who you are being and leading and teaching. And oh my God, thank you so much. And I'm so looking forward what yet it's unfolding there to continue creating magic and miracles. And thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for who you are being in our world. I so appreciate you. Thank you. For all of you listening to this conversation, you can check out Gabby and everything that she's up to and creating in the show notes. And uh, just thank you for being with us in this conversation and have a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode. For more information on the show and our extraordinary guests, check out whatwouldamberdo.com. 